0: I'm Alex.
1: I'm Danny. And I'm Jim. And this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. Alex, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug?
2: Sure. My name's Alex. Uh, I'm a software engineer and an amateur woodworker. The thing I would like to plug is the Ian Knot shoelace tying method.
1: Hmm. That's it? You don't want to describe it or anything?
2: Uh, You can look it up. It'll save you like literal minutes over the course of your life.
1: (laughs) Okay. I just want to know if I'm already doing this.
2: Uh, you might be. I don't. I've never watched you tie your shoes.
1: <laughs> Danny, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug?
0: Yeah, I'm Danny. I, uh, I'm a music composer for video games. Mm-hmm. I'm working on Industries of Titan right now with Brace Yourself Games, and I would like to plug vaping.
1: All right, now now make the sound.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't vape. I don't know. I can't. No. Oh, okay you promised you promised me that we would erase that. No trend. no, I
1: promised I would use the sound as the, the, the as a way to indicate that a new segment is look, coming up. We've all said things that we regret. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look, I'll just go to freesound.org and splice it in. You're forcing my hand here. <laughs> Perfect. That's so good. So good. This is the good content. Yeah you folks ready for some topics? Definitely. I'm in. (laughs) Alex, your topic is invisible walls in games.
2: Yeah. Basically, I just wanted to talk about, you know, what happens in games when you go outside kind of the designated boundaries of where you're expected to go. You know, I think for, for a lot of games, there's just kind of like nothing there, right? Or there's some kind of invisible wall that stops you. And the reason I was thinking about this is I've been paying attention to Ball. Uh I don't know if anyone else has
1: been following this. What I know about Blaise Ball is what I learned from Jenny on the last episode we recorded.
0: I got a crash course uh, during a Zoom party
1: about a month ago. All right. Sounds like we're all in the know.
0: We're all
2: somewhat in the know. Yeah. Well, what I think is really interesting is that it's just such a simple game that the people who are running it can kind of react to what the the, the fans are doing. And, you know, you don't ever yeah. hit these invisible walls because they're always, you know, whenever you do something un, unexpected, they, you know, quickly build some content there. And I just think that kind of reactive development is really interesting.
1: Yeah, it's a little bit like uh, DMing a tabletop game.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. But there's a little more illusion to it being real because you're not seeing your friend, you know, come up with things on the fly. You know, it feels more uh, immersive somehow.
1: Yeah. So, I, I think um, invisible walls are one of the laziest ways you can handle it. I think like a really good way to handle something, the equivalent of invisible walls is how, uh, how Ski-Free does it, which is <laughs> it just sends a monster after you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the here there be dragons is a fantastic way to keep the player in bounds
0: i prefer the invisible walls over that shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> 100% like in border i remember in borderlands it's like you see this like vast wasteland in front of you like hey what's over there walk over there instantly killed and you're like wow that was unlucky respawn try it again oh i have no free will whereas in invisible wall it's like oh yeah i'm familiar with this abstract concept this is where I can't go anymore. Okay, back to the game.
2: Yeah, I think where it starts to feel bad is like when you're not sure whether you're supposed to be there or not and you kind of have this frustrating experience where you try and try and try and and you just kind of never succeed.
1: Yeah, no, like if if the uh, if you think you can escape the yeti, then if that becomes gameplay but it's supposed to be impossible, that's uh that's probably bad.
0: It's okay with me if like it's forgiving enough to where you can like last If it's not like instant, like if you can keep dodging it and get super far out, I mean, you're still like, you're like, you're still gonna die, but it's like, at least I can see how far I can get before those bastards get me.
1: Yeah, I remember playing, um, what was the the, the GTA San Andreas? And this was back when GTA games still like you had to unlock an island before you could go there. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and I remember swimming to, or maybe I took a boat. I can't, I think, I don't think they had boats. They they closed the bridges so you couldn't cross the bridge to the other island, but I just swam there instead and was instantly, I had a five-star wanted level. <laughs> and it was just like manically trying to explore this new place while on the run from the army.
2: Yeah, it sounds very similar to the Yeti experience. Uh, cops
0: are the Yetis of life.
1: <laughs> A-C-A-Y. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, this this came up a lot in uh, World of Warcraft, too, is you could sometimes glitch through the invisible walls and get into these, like, undeveloped areas or partially developed areas that you were never supposed to get to.
0: The Gnome Airstrip over uh, by Ironforge, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. They used to, you know, you could get up there if you could do some crazy jumping. You weren't supposed to be there, but it was still using, like, the principal game logic, so, like... They were interactable. Like, they talked to you with, like, voice clips, but they didn't actually do anything. And then they made it an actual location in Cataclysm, which I thought was awesome.
2: Yeah, it's a cool nod to, to the people who went exploring there.
1: They blew up your party spot. It's now everybody's hanging out there. This is gentrification. Yeah. So, in, in Text World, uh, spoilers for Glittermitten Grove and Text World, it's totally possible to use the, uh, the bridge to leave the the bounds of the of the world. And there's nothing out there, but you can totally like walk around and look at, see which parts of the world are connected to which other parts in ways you wouldn't expect. And I actually put a lot of work into like, it would have been way easier to make sure people couldn't leave the world. But instead, because I thought it was cool to be able to do that so like for the for the player to like feel like they they did something neat and outside the bounds of the expected gameplay, I actually put a bunch of work into making sure the game didn't break when they did that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely like a, a really cool feeling when you can do that. You know, I think that's one of the things that everyone really liked about the first Portal game is when you feel like you've broken it and
1: gotten into the walls. That like honestly, like I um, I'm sick and tired of making polished games. Like I want to be able to make <laughs> games that can crash. <laughs> Some, when, when there's a bug and something, in like nine times out of ten, it does something funny, and then one time out of ten, it crashes the desktop. I wanted it to be able to leave that bug in the game, but we don't live in that world. I mean, on the indie
0: side, uh, indie side, you kind to of do. There's all kinds of broke shit that comes out on Steam every day.
2: I think it's kind of about expectations, right? If people go into it with the expectation that it's going to be kind of a you know an experience where you know things crash, then people I think are okay with that
1: yeah
0: i mean bethesda keeps doing it
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's true yeah well and i think they do a similar thing where they really only fix the glitches or at least they prioritize the glitches that actually crash the game or or, or like harm the player experience because like the the ones that are just funny that's great yeah like i that's that's the reason i play those games
0: i wonder if them being part of microsoft now is just gonna ruin that because like Elder Scroll six is going to come out and it's like things don't explode in the background during dialogue scenes and NPCs <laughs> don't like walk up in your face and fall apart.
1: Yeah. My, my guess is that you can't make that kind of game be totally solid. So it would be even worse where like if Microsoft was like, no, this game has to be rock solid. And so then they have to just like totally, they have to reduce like the, the level of systemicity or whatever the word is. Scale it all back down. Yeah,
0: yeah, but Microsoft's got the cloud. You can put the cloud on it.
1: That's fair. Add a bunch of fog, and then no one can tell where the bugs are. <laughs> Hell
0: yeah! Now we're talking Nintendo sixty four mode. Get Turok on that shit.
1: Never played that one. Is it? Was it also glitchy?
0: It's like a game full of invisible fall, uh, invisible walls of fog. Because you could see like ten feet in front of you, and there's dinosaurs on the other side. Yeah, yeah. And then they like put a remaster out for PC, and it's just like I don't want to see that far. Put the fog
1: back in. <laughs> just uh, just take off your glasses.
0: I I have 2015 vision, Jim. You know this.
1: Well, just rub some Vaseline on your eyes. This is a solvable problem. <laughs> like like I can come over there and help you screw up your vision. You're gonna lube up my eyes, Jim. If that's what it takes. To give you the right, the the Turok experience you've been dreaming of. You're just trying to see my invisible wall. No, I want, so another way that, that another way to handle it that's better than invisible walls is when the world wraps around. Mm -hmm. That shit's cool. Have you ever played Empyrean? I have not.
0: Empyrean is like a survive kind of crafty game, but it's uh, like in space, it's got a No Man's Sky kind of vibe, but much more like systems driven and that was one of the first games i can remember playing where like you can just be on the planet go to another planet and when you go there and you just fly around it it just keeps going and the time of day changes the weather is all changes and and it, it was interesting because like early on in the development it didn't work right and like if you went to the poles <laughs> there was a uh big wall if you went through it you just died uh, but then in, there was an update where it's like, you can go to the polls now. We we fixed the circle math or something. I don't know. But yeah, it's yeah. more or less like seamless now. And it's just, yeah.
2: In addition to like physical invisible walls, there's also like the idea of, you know, conceptual invisible walls, like sequence breaking, going kind of out of the bounds of the the sequence that you're supposed to do events or, you know, doing things that are unexpected.
1: Yeah. All right. Are we ready for another topic? Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, your topic is blue blockers.
0: Hell yeah. So, a month or two ago, we were going to the beach, and I went to Canadian Tire, because I live in Canada now, uh-huh. and when you want stuff, Walmarty kind of stuff, you go to Canadian Tire, don't ask, uh-huh. and I needed sunglasses, and I saw some blue blockers, and it was the first time in my life where I was just like, nah, I can't buy those, because I'm not old. Uh-huh. I was just like, I'm going to buy them, and they're fucking awesome they're like the most technologically advanced sunglasses you can buy they have lenses on the sides yeah and you look like fucking looks like
1: steampunk at this point it's like wearing goggles
0: yeah yeah and i you know it's nice to be old enough that you don't care what you look like
1: i feel like i've been that old since i was born
0: (laughs) did you
2: uh did you pay in canadian tire money
0: uh you pay in hubcaps (laughs)
1: it's pretty good
0: or as they call them up here a toonie (laughs) that i mean that's really it it's it's they're high quality sunglasses that i eschewed from my life experience for self-image reasons and i've overcome that and now i have superior sunglasses to all the younger cohorts than mine because of self-growth everything's very dark in there it's it's the darkest shit you ever seen. That's the point of sunglasses, right? <laughs> yeah, but like normal sunglasses don't wrap around your entire eye cavity and give you like multiple windows. It's like the RV of sunglasses.
2: So this is like Geordie LaForge type of deal.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Not as cool though.
1: Yeah, we got some um, blackout curtains for the bedroom just so I could sleep better in the morning. But it sounds like I would have been better off getting a pair of these and it's and going to sleep wearing them.
2: Like a blue blocker sleep mask.
1: Yeah.
0: I think, yeah, you could also just get that like black film you use to watch solar eclipses and just kind of like wrap it around your face, like saran wrap.
1: <laughs> Dip my whole head in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That'll help with the wildfire smoke too. You don't want to be inhaling that. It's or
1: anything else.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so have you played Turok wearing blue blockers? That's, that's the question here.
0: Uh, yeah. But, it I got nothing. No. Good joke. <laughs> Good joke. Good you got me.
1: <laughs> so what's the Canada situation like? How do I get there?
0: Uh pfft.
1: I don't know,
0: man. I can't come back right now, which is kind of weird.
1: Yeah, what who would want to?
0: Yeah, but like I can't. Like it's a different feeling, you know? Like I can't go see my family
1: cuz uh
0: Canada's like, "Nah, fuck that. You ain't you get down there, you ain't coming back, son." And I'm like, that's, I get that. I'm into that.
1: (laughs) So, are you still a freelancer?
0: No, I work, I'm an employee. Brace yourself now for uh, coming on two years.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's how you have to do it. Like, I don't think, well, first of all, no country wants Americans. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, if they got money, everyone wants Americans. That's the, the common denominator of people who've gotten up here that I've seen has been money. So,
1: it's still a capitalist country. (laughs) okay sure they just need to grease the right palms there's some
0: pronounced differences but it's still like it is still leveraging the flesh of the many for the benefit of the bezosies
1: right that makes sense but it's not on fire all the time
0: no we had it too we had uh the wild the smoke well actually we had the smoke from washington state
1: yeah you had our smoke (laughs)
0: like Canada's so polite even the border is like hey bud come on in (laughs) oh you're looking uh, looking a little smoky there bud I I still can't do a good like Canadian thing after two years and the problem is because Vancouver Canadian accent is like the most subtle one and the most insidious one where you can like talk to somebody for 25 minutes before they throw out like an against and you're like motherfucker you were Canadian the whole time
2: It's it's funny you say that every time I I visit Vancouver, I'm Canadian too, uh, but I'm living in the States right now. Um, But every time I visit Vancouver, the the Canadian accent is just so pronounced. Like I can hear it so clearly now after living in California for so long.
0: Uh, Maybe it's because, I I don't know, I lived in, because I'm from Arizona and then I moved to Seattle. And the Vancouver accent is like Seattle with like two modified vowels.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: But it's definitely not, I don't know, the East Coasters definitely sound... Like, Trudeau sounds more Canadian than anyone I know in Vancouver. I mean, there's the, there's always people who are just Canadian as fuck, and I can't help it. Doesn't matter where they
1: are. Are we ready for another topic? Sounds good. I wanted to shit on Canada more, but... Oh, I mean, feel free. We can... I mean,
2: you'll get your chance. There's. A...
1: <laughs> How about Prince Edward Island? How's that place? Uh, it's,
0: it's not nearby, so I don't really know about it. I barely know the neighboring province.
1: What do you know about Winnipeg, Manitoba? That's the first place I went
0: in Canada like 10 years ago, and that's what I thought all of Canada was like. And then I moved to Vancouver, (laughs) expecting a fucking frozen wasteland, and it is not. Uh It's literally Seattle with two more inches of rainfall.
1: Sounds nice. Yeah. (laughs) So my topic is bees take their lives into their hands every time they get thirsty. This is something that this is during the the heat wave uh, a few weeks ago I woke up in the morning and went outside and there was like the kitty pool we have set up for Winston just had dozens of bees hanging out like just barely above the water line because they were thirsty and like this is something that is super dangerous for anything any insects of that size and probably any life form of that size because of water tension like they they get sucked in and and then get stuck in the water but the, they need to drink stuff and uh it's it's super dangerous and like and I wonder like do they do they in their heads are they hearing like dramatic music like going to the breach here
2: I don't I, I know very little about these I don't even know how you know do they have to drink often do they you know is this a daily occurrence for them I mean
0: I must be right I figured they drink pollen
1: yeah you know I thought that too uh but then they were hanging out in this pool during a hot day. Like, apparently pollen isn't good enough sometimes when it's uh, when it's 100 degrees out.
2: Maybe this was just all the, the thrill-seeking bees.
1: Yeah, they refused to wear their masks.
0: <laughs> their water wings. What do water wings look like on a bee? Are they, like, arm, like human arms?
1: Would it look like this, or would it look like this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I can only picture, like, a cute
2: little inner tube.
0: Yeah, that's a good one too. Why bees are one of those things where it's like I fully appreciate the aesthetics of them but I still hate them. It's like, wow, that's beautiful and I want it to die.
1: <laughs> I I grew up for the for like most of my life I was scared of bees because I was stung as a child by one of those wasps that is that kind of looks like a bee uh and I thought they were the same thing, but they're totally not the same thing. Like they they look distinct. And are distinct beings, and the bees are the bees are totally chill. They'll just they they just want the pollen, and if they come close to you, it's probably because they like you're wearing colorful clothing that they think are flowers. But the wasps are are, are like aggressive. They, they'll uh, you know if you swat at them, if they come close to you, they'll get mad. It's dangerous. Mm-hmm.
0: They have, do, do insects have capacity for
1: emotion like that? They they definitely have the capacity for revenge.
0: <laughs> it's a universal thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like the the um wasps will mark you if you fuck with them, like in in a sufficient way. They will mark you, and then every wasp in the colony will come after you. You can see how that's a evolutionary advantage, right? Just unbridled
0: anger at everything. Then then why ain't I doing better?
2: Isn't that what set the Homo sapiens about them from the uh, the Neanderthals? They were just more aggressive.
0: Them's fighting words, buddy. Uh, are we ready for another topic? Yeah, bees are assholes. We can move on.
3: <laughs>
1: so this is right in. Nick asks, "God only knows what I'd pee without poo." Does anybody here like like I'm too self conscious, or I would sing this proper? Like, does anybody here want to take it on? God
0: only knows what. That's all I know. I don't know the
1: the second part of the sentence. Uh, That's good enough. Well, I'll just, uh, I'll I'll put it through uh, GPT-3 and it'll fill in the rest of the sentence. You're going to
0: finish the job with AI? You're replacing me with AI?
1: No, no, no. I'm enhancing you with AI. Oh.
0: Do I get paid half as much, though? Well, you're not getting paid at all. Oh, that's okay, then.
1: I'm not going to pay the AI, either. Paid in exposure.
0: Moral white area
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that is when you say gray area i just assumed that white was good and black was bad but that's racist
1: it is racist yeah but that's still what people mean it's like how fa- fair means light-skinned
0: so what do we how Whoa. do we re- what do we replace gray area with then
1: oh it, you can use gray because gray is like halfway between good and bad but gray doesn't assume either one ah
2: right 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 but it does assume one is good and one is bad.
1: Yes, it does. Yeah. But I, I think, I don't know my color math, but I think you can take any two colors and... So like
0: cyan versus magenta, like the midpoint's still gray? Or is it like a shitty brown
1: gray? Oh, uh, you have to desaturate it. Why don't you say brown area? I mean, anything. <laughs> that's, that's, I saw one of those earlier. <laughs>
2: Any color is between you know two other colors, so really you can pick any color you want.
1: I saw the dog with the biggest butthole today. It was just ludicrous. Like I feel like the the owner like trimmed back the hair to make the butthole look bigger. Is this something that's judged in like dog shows? Well, I was judging it. I don't know, man. This
0: sounds like a brown area.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't I can't properly judge it because it's uh, it's too big.
0: Did you gasp?
1: <laughs> I've screamed inside my heart. <laughs> but you couldn't stop looking at it, right? No, I was I was just staring, yeah. Are you sketching a picture of it right now? Uh no. No, I I because I can't draw. Huh.
0: Is that what's stopping you? Like you would be, but it's just that you can't draw.
1: Right, yes. I, otherwise I would I would be doing nothing but sketching this butthole for the rest of my life.
0: <laughs> Should we bring in uh like a police sketch? artist helper person
1: yes definitely call the cops right now and send them to my house have you seen this hole this butthole yeah uh, it's not lost just you know have now you have
0: (laughs) (laughs) now you share my burden that's right dog only knows (laughs) (laughs) i still can't get the butthole that looked like jesus or like the virgin mary was it Oh wow! I'm sure okay. there's one of
1: each. The go- googling this right now.
0: Yeah, there's like a, a Jesus butt, dog butthole.
1: Dog butthole that looks like oh Jesus in a robe. Yeah, there it is. Oh, that that's so that's his face right there.
2: That can't be real, can it?
1: I mean,
0: if nobody told you it was Jesus, like you wouldn't see it, right? So it's within the
1: the realm. It's so plausible. It's just like, I do think that maybe somebody like took the dodge and burn tools and made a a little bit more like a face than it was.
2: Artificially enhanced.
1: Yeah. Also, I can't tell you how disappointed I am that there was no Google autocomplete for dog butthole that looks like. (laughs) (laughs) Like I really thought I would get a panoply of options for that.
2: Well, just uh, make the searches that you want to see in the world.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do I submit, like, this should be Google autocompletes. I got I to gotta get a job there so I can insert it into the database.
0: Yeah, we definitely need to find a way to give Google more data.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm sure we can, like, crowdsource it, get everyone searching for the right things.
0: But I'm wondering, like, so if you did the AI upscaling on this picture, would you see more... De- is this our chance to see the true face of Jesus? <laughs>
1: Just uh, get the colonoscopy video.
0: <laughs> I think Saint Peter's on the other end of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's what God only knows what I'd be without poo.
1: Well, so I was thinking about this. Like I was, I was cheating by thinking about this question before the show, and I think this is what birds do. I think this is like the birds just have pee, and that the, the poo is just like mixed in with it. So
0: that is, but it's both then.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess. uh I guess it might be uh, some substance that doesn't have either name, but is instead its own thing.
2: But they have like a, a specialized orifice for, for expelling that,
1: right? They've they've got a, a cloaca. Right, right. Which is such a more
0: beautiful word than what it is. <laughs> cloaca is the name of a woman I met in El Salvador in my <laughs> younger years.
1: We made love on the beach. And, and then she opened herself up and a bunch of bird pee came out. Ooh, birds have kidneys, but not bladders. Interesting. Oh, this is beautiful. There's a photograph of a flying pelican with uh, a wavy trail of whatever you call that stuff coming out of a bird cloaca, flying away in the opposite direction.
0: I mean, it'd be more notable if it was flying in the in the same direction,
1: right? It would be, but oh, this is—it's just so beautiful. I'm good. I'm good. You don't. You don't want me to paste it in? Okay, I'll say I'll.
0: I, I don't. No, I'm good. And I. I'll. I'll let Google 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 autocorrect take care of me there.
1: Okay, I will. Uh, I'll spare you.
0: I like how I pasted a picture of a dog's asshole five minutes ago, and now I'm just like, please, can we, can we not defile this Discord chat? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, if we ever want to talk again you're just it's gonna be the first thing you see
0: but like assholes are okay until the poop comes out is how i see it that's what really loses me you know
1: listen it's not poop until it comes out of a butt
2: that's like a la- lava magma type of a distinction is it candy
1: <laughs> yeah i don't think i don't think there's actually a word for it i think it's still poop
0: that's how i know there is no god is that poop is candy before it comes out but afterwards it's poop I'm glad we agree.
2: So that's that's the answer, then. That's what you'd
0: pee without poo. Candy.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we did it.
1: We did it. We solved the pl- I didn't know this was a science podcast. You're welcome, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we ready for another topic? Yes, please. <laughs> Danny, your topic is, my wife is afraid of dogs that wear people clothes. Yeah, that's true. So I think... We could have saved everybody a lot of trouble if the dog that i saw was wearing underwear <laughs>
2: <laughs> so is this like scared like uh uh creeped out or like a phobia
0: it's probably more creeped out kim is very sensitive to very specific things the now the thing that freaks me out the most is like you know those videos where it's like a human suit and then a dog head over the top where it just looks like <laughs> a human proportioned body with like a dog head she mm-hmm. hates that uh she also can't watch most forms of animation specifically like ren and Stimpy is the absolute culmination of what she cannot watch stuff like the dark crystal she can't do uh-huh. Muppets are tough she has a very i think she has a very um very wide uncanny valley i think is what it is right like yeah she's very particular with that kind of stuff
1: now, now I feel bad for picking this topic because I feel like it's just turned into a therapy session in which the person who needs therapy is just not present. <laughs> it's just a therapy session by proxy.
0: Uh, you have my permission to keep going. We don't need hers. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. That's
0: how marriage law works up here.
1: So why do, don't do dog clothes ever cover the butt?
0: I see dogs wearing diapers all the time.
1: Okay. All right. I. That's Maybe that's a Canada thing because I've never seen that.
0: Yeah, but it also like kind of confuses me because the formation of a diaper seems to depend a lot on gravity. And with dogs, that gravity is at a 90 degree angle. So yeah. it seems like you're just setting that dog up for failure and pooling.
1: Is she busy? Can she come like talk to us for about, her, about this? I feel like she needs to be here.
0: Baby! This is how we live our life. I'm going to send her a text across the house. Hi. okay so she's here what why
1: do we want her here again oh so she can she can be here to, to to be part of the therapy session
0: okay so we're having a therapy session for you because the uh topic is uh that you're afraid of dogs that wear clothes human clothes Uh uh-huh. what do we have any questions or did we just want her to know that we were talking about her
1: uh, hi kim it's good to talk to you oh hello all right, so we were just talking about your phobias and we just thought you should, I just thought like our, the, it would be better to talk to you directly instead of uh, laughing at you behind your back.
3: <laughs> okay. That's fair.
1: I mean, so how, how are you doing? Like.
3: <laughs> I fear for my life every day when I leave the house. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'll see a dog wearing a suit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I. I So I have the opposite problem where I'm always seeing dog buttholes and wishing they were covered. I understand that. So so tell us about the, the, the suit. <laughs> tell us about the suit that you especially. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think I'm actually helping your condition here.
3: It's like those rainer dogs that wear suits. Yeah. From like yeah. a long time ago. I uh-huh. saw them when I was a child and they were like brown suits with like gray ties and the dogs yeah. were gray.
1: Yeah. They had ties? I'm pretty sure they had ties. That's incredible. I've I've never seen that. Uh, this is, this is, uh, now I want to, I want to live your life because I want to see this thing all the time.
3: I feel it was like on PBS or something. Do You know what I'm talking oh, about?
0: I think so. Yeah. But this is a powerful moment. Please continue. <laughs> That's it. You also don't like Muppets. And I'm okay with Muppets. Anime, you don't like the Dark Crystal. No, I And really... you don't like animation.
3: I mean, Bojack M- Horseman. Muppets just don't interest me. I'd rather watch uh, humans.
0: But no, some <laughs> animations are. Bojack Horseman, Red and Stimpy. Yeah. Even like Family Guy and like Rick and Morty.
3: Rick and Morty. Family Guy's okay ish.
0: It's okay to hate like modern adult animation for other reasons than yeah. it's creepy.
3: I mean, I do. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I'm with you.
2: Yeah, but there's a certain style of like gross animation that was kind of popular, especially during the 90s. That I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
0: You have trouble with King of the Hill? Oh, yeah. It's weird.
3: It's what? like my uncanny valley is just really
0: wide. <laughs> what the fuck did I say, dude? <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it's That's anime. what, said. That's yeah, what yeah. I say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We say that every night before we go to bed instead of I love you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you two are such good partners.
0: Yeah, what else do you hate? You want me to get started? Yeah, we got all the, this is, there's no real clock because it's a podcast. It could be six hours long. They don't, maybe they go to do.
1: <laughs> well, at some point, my wife is going to wonder where I am.
0: Yeah, but she'll be. She'll understand. Come on, Kim.
3: I don't know. It's hard to think of it on the spot.
1: So, so don't worry, I edit out the boring parts of this show. So, so just take your time. That means all this is in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, uh.
0: You can go. I will release oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> I can see.
1: That's that. Thanks <laughs> so much, Kim.
3: Thanks. Thanks. It was helpful. Bye. Yeah,
0: that, that was that was a fucking like doctor doctor Phil moment.
1: Yeah. No. I feel I feel very uh, very much like a, a failure as a psychiatrist.
0: Yeah, in that I leverage somebody's personal pain for entertainment.
1: Uh do we have anything else to say about dog clothes?
0: I think I think we nailed it.
2: <laughs>
1: right, Alex, your topic is every response to thank you is rude. Is this a Canada thing?
2: I think it might be or at least partially. You know, I I moved from Canada like 8 years ago and and when I moved here I just couldn't get over how, when you would say thank you to Americans, they would say like, yeah, or sure, or uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that just struck me as like so rude. But I don't know, after spending more time here, it's it's almost like it's been reversed now when, when people say you're welcome. That almost seems rude to me because it's like overly formal or it's, you know, saying yes, you know, you're welcome that I did this, you know, great task for you. You should say thank you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no winning here.
0: I'm 100% on board with you, dude. Like the worst one second worst one is no problem because it's like i fucking i didn't say there was a problem then the first heart worst one i hate the most is no worries see that's so funny because
2: that's the one that i've settled on is the least offensive and that's now what i say all the time
1: <laughs> all right yeah. it's time for you two to fight <laughs> yeah polite fight
0: so it, you move to america and you talk like me i move to Canada, and talk like you this is great <laughs> that's right <laughs> I, I, I honestly honestly the least offensive one to me is sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Of course. Yeah, I've got, I've gotten
2: a lot more comfortable with that. But when I first moved here, it was it was such a shock and it seemed so rude.
1: Just everybody's an asshole.
0: Mm-hmm. Would you prefer like some kind of written response in like calligraphy?
2: Yeah, in cursive, like yeah, yeah. S- sealed with a wax seal. Sure. So yeah, I just did it. No, it's it's been really interesting, like trying to understand the different forms of politeness and the differences in politeness between Canadians and Americans. I feel like Canadians are a lot more; uh, they have a certain form of politeness where they really don't want to intrude on anyone else. uh, Whereas Americans like feel like it's more polite to 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 reach out to other people and to you know
0: ask them if they need help. Yes, this is true. This has been my experience.
1: Yeah, I kind of dig that. On the other hand, if Canadians are the ones that are going to be annoyed every time I say you're welcome, then Maybe I'll stick. Maybe I'll stay here. After all, now Canadians are fine with your welcome. It's the other way around. Oh right, right. Never mind. I, I actually I have no idea what I say because I because no one's ever called me out on it.
2: It's something you don't think about, and then like once you start thinking about it, you get like super self conscious.
1: All right, so let's let's try this out. So thank me for thank me for something.
0: Uh, thanks for having me on here, Jim. Hey, fuck you, <laughs> <laughs> man! Sounds like the streets of Vancouver in here. That was one thing that was really shocking to me about moving to Canada, though, is that there are indeed assholes here. Because, like, you you know, you grow up... I don't know if you're the same way, but you grow up in Canada, it's just like, oh, yeah, there's just a bunch of nice people up there, and, like, instead of a Navy, they have, like, a single boat. Haha, get it? And and they like maple syrup and hockey and stuff, and they say hoser. Then you come up here, and there's people that are just, like, fucking rude with an A after it. Like, the, And it's sometimes the A like i i I i've had a does not seem to be too common here it's more like a full-throated hey which is worse for me i i don't like it because they're just like oh that was a good game hey like you had to change the entire formation of the back of your throat to form that hey and it just seems inefficient but uh no it's when i first heard a a few times and Funny enough, the first time I noticed this was at Canadian Tire and the uh, cashier said something and ended it with A and it just felt like I was being mocked because I had never heard it in the wild like that before. Because like you'll hear it sometimes in America where it's just like A and it's just like said a little bit differently and it's not common or it's like said all jokey. But here they're all in on it. So they just say fucking A and it's like not being ironic. It's just real. (laughs) <laughs> and that's the most terrifying thing about being in Canada.
2: But Americans do the same thing, though. They just say huh instead of A.
0: I do. I say uh, and I don't even notice it. Do you, but you probably notice that when you come down here. Like, when you first came down here, like, they say uh or huh, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Totally. Like, as a as a confirmation sound or like a request for confirmation?
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was a great game, huh?
1: yeah yeah that's that's definitely that's part of part of my uh i don't know if lexicon is the right word because it's not really a word but that's definitely a noise i make how's the canadian bacon
0: like like how's it doing like how is it today is
1: is it better in canada
0: has anyone checked on it (laughs) 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 it's fucking the same dude it's ham
1: like (laughs) what do they call it there canadian bacon (laughs) Oh, that's amazing! <laughs> no, they call yeah. it
0: no. We call it uh, p meal bacon
1: because you know they don't call it Canadian tire here in the U.S.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've seen it in like maybe I just don't know that word and I haven't noticed it and it's just like confirmation bias. But on several times here, it's just with Canadian bacon and I think oh, it's it should just be here bacon and I laugh to myself.
2: Yeah, It's all the American uh, copy and
1: marketing seeping into Canadian culture. Yeah, you should definitely write to Tim Horton and explain it. No, call it here bacon, motherfucker.
0: Okay, so this reminds this is some food weirdness. First of all, ranch dressing, not common here, which is weird. Second, huh. uh, uh, when you order iced tea in a restaurant, it is sweetened by default instead of mm-hmm. not sweetened. Oh. Which mm-hmm. you would think like, oh, America's fat, sugary people, they're going to... No, you, it is difficult to get unsweetened iced tea here. Which I I don't give a shit because he's disgusting, but Kim likes it. We could bring her back in.
1: what <laughs> uh, will well, let her uh, let her have her well, whatever she does. What does she do, Jim? Well, I was hoping you would answer that. Like what? What's her hobby? What's she doing right Tearing now? Tearing the clothes off of dogs. How's Kim doing? Why aren't we talking to Kim right now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so hard to come up with differences though, because like. There's like two different vowels that are different. There's like two food things that are different. And then other than... Oh, obviously the, you know, massive healthcare difference. But other than that, it's just fucking... They have tap up here. I don't know if they have tap in America yet. But they've had tap up here for 10 years, which you don't know. When you pay something, you just tap your card on it and it's over.
2: Oh, yeah. Everywhere in the world has that except for the States. Do you know about this, Jim?
1: No. I still have to do the thing where you insert the chip...
0: It's fucking, for 10 years, they've, you don't, you only have to do that here if your tap fucks up. But it's just, I'm so used to it now, I don't know if I can go back to the States. Because it's like, when you go to a drive through for example, like, in America, you have to hand them the thing. And then they take it and do the thing and hand it back. And like at a restaurant, you give it to them. They take it and fucking go back and rub it all over themselves or something and take forever to bring it back. Here, they bring you a little thing. You tap it. You are done. And it's like, our country invented the fucking airplane. And this is the technology <laughs> differential?
1: Yeah, it sounds, like, uh, it sounds like it saves you seconds a day.
0: You don't know what you mean, missing, buddy.
1: No, I'm not making fun of you. I'm, I'm saying, like, I, I want to save seconds a day. Yeah, it is pretty great.
0: Also, during a pandemic, it's really kind of a peace of mind thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't, don't want to hand the... So imagine if you had to hand the card to somebody and then they tapped it on the thing and then handed it back. Because I feel like that's how we would implement this here in the United States.
0: Or they just make you punch in the numbers with your nose, like the underside of your nose. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, has to, it can't be the front of your nose.
0: Lick <laughs> <Look> to pay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Stash pay. Uh, then you, you have to grow a mustache in order to pay?
0: Yeah, it's kind of disenfranchising to a large swath of the population if you think about it like that.
1: Well, that's why they have the health care so that everybody can afford testosterone. <laughs> Uh, Are we ready for another topic? Sure. (laughs) So, my topic is the multivarious ways being a child genius can screw you. And I really just want to talk about one way, uh, which is that when you're smarter than your teacher, like it's really, really easy to approach the material in a way that you are not actually learning anything, you're just like using being really smart to skip some steps, or to just you're you're doing the you're you're succeeding at the task being given to you, but you're not actually learning how to do it properly. You're just using being smart to do it. and if the teacher doesn't realize this is happening, then you can just go for you can go for years like this until finally you hit a brick wall where you can't make any progress because you never learned anything. Mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with this phenomenon?
2: Yeah. And I think there's like other ways it manifests too, right? Like you can, because if you know a lot already, you can, you know, fail to learn how to learn and that can also kind of screw you in the long run.
1: Yeah.
0: So just, so I understand we're, we're all claiming to be child geniuses, right? Just so we're on the same page.
1: Well, I mean, I am or was,
2: <laughs> I don't know about child genius, but, uh, I definitely had like issues in school cause I, you know, didn't learn the things that I was supposed to learn at the right times. Right.
0: I so I did pretty well with I've always done well with like instruction, like school. It's just I never really had a problem with it. I kinda like it in that weird way, especially like music classes and stuff, but it definitely was an ELP, which was what we called just like gifted kid or whatever, extended learning program or something. And it does definitely separate you from all the fucking cool kids. <laughs> so you don't yeah. get to you don't get to learn about marijuana until you're seventeen. Yep. I just always got along with my teacher. I was the fucking, I was the nerd man. I was prime nerd of just like uh, I was better friends with my teachers than other kids because I fucking wanted to talk about what gorbachev was up to, and none of the other kids. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah. Thanks for, I, thanks for, good for you. Thanks like for reminding me. Honestly, like I, I, I had this a uh, huge problem with. With the way school was handled, and as a result, like like school, doing schoolwork is a way the way a lot of people learn how to work.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I didn't learn how to work on purpose till I was in my thirties because I was just like fuck this noise. Like, and I in many ways I was right that it was bullshit. On the other hand, like if I had taken it seriously, I would have gotten a lot more out of it. I mean, instead I was doing personal projects and I got a lot of that out of those too, you know? So, I, in that respect, I can't complain too much. But like there is something like at some point, humans just have to figure out how to get shit done and it's better to do it sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah. So, that's my recent development as a human being given the the mass social issues that are in play right now has been... Stifled in ways because of my upbringing of this kind of thing. Like, I was raised around cops and military folk, Mm -hmm. and I've always just, I hate getting in trouble, and I've Mm -hmm. always just been naturally deferential to authority. I wish Mm -hmm. I could say it's different. That's the fucking nerdiest thing to say. Like, yes. But I mean, to be honest, like, it was just until, you know, getting into the games industry and like getting out of that Arizona bubble. The system worked for me fucking great. And I never thought about it. I never challenged it or whatever. And um, that was just, you know, my brother and my sister aren't exactly like this. So I don't know if it's genetic or whatever. But definitely from an early age, it was just like, hey, you're smart. Go to this class yay, I'm smart. Okay. Can I do my homework now? And just like <laughs> playing along with this. And so, so like a lot of my frustrations in life have been like, when I felt like the system failed me, like I was the one it was failing primarily, which obviously I've had to, you know, learn a lot of hard knocks recently about that kind of stuff. But no, it's interesting to hear you say that you're just like, you don't like how they tell it. For me, it was always just like, and this is why I think I'm thriving in such a way. Being an employee at Brace Yourself now, I was worried that I was going to be a rat in a cage. But as much as I hate to say it, being told what to do, I'm a hunter, man. Give <laughs> me a target and I'll kill it. That's kind of always how I've been. I've never been like a, I'm not an entrepreneur. I don't come up with shit out of nowhere. It's just like, give me a target and it's and I'll take care of it. And it's, that makes me feel comfortable and safe.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a joy in in following instructions. Like this is what video games are.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That's I'm, I'm glad we got this perspective. It would be a bummer if everybody on the podcast had the same, I think this gives us a lot, a lot more interesting a perspective on it.
0: Yeah. It's definitely something that needs to be unlearned in a lot of ways. Cause we've obviously we've seen it, that system unravel so much more recently. And also just becoming aware of, that was kind of a rough thing for me. I don't want to say rough for me. It was, it was painful to find out that like everyone couldn't just do what I did and just follow the rules and it'll be fine. Like that was hard for me to learn. It was hard for me to accept, but there's just, there's just a point when you're exposed to it enough and you learn enough that you're just like you, you, yeah, you had this and other people didn't. And you have to reexamine your entire fuck for so long. I was just the like, you know, if people would just vote for the Democrats, you know, enough, we'd be fine. And it's just like, it took so long for me to understand potential objections to that point of view.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And it's it's hard for me. So, because it's still just ironed in, like, I have so many true blue American sh- things stamped into me, like civics and resp- you have a civic responsibility to vote, and all that kind of stuff. And like, like I, I still kind of believe that. But like now, there's like asterisks and caveats, and you know what I mean. It's just maybe I'm sure I'm not the only one going through this right now, or because everything's so like up in upheaval. But like I was raised by a very my my grandfather was a very jingoistic influence, yeah. Uh, in that sense, and so I had a lot of just like uh, up until a few years ago, dude. I swear to God, I had been asked if I wanted to move to Canada, and I said with a fucking straight face, I don't think I could ever leave my country.
1: Oh, that's so sweet.
0: Right. And then it's just like, then like I examined it for five fucking minutes and it's just like, why am I saying this? Oh, because grandpa used to sing the Star Spangled Banner on the 4th of July and it filled me with joy as a child.
1: Yeah. I remember that. I remember having those those same feelings. Yep. It's fucking propaganda, dude. (laughs)
0: It's indoctrination.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, They made you fucking salute the flag every day.
0: Oh, dude, they're so weirded out by the pledge up here because yeah. they don't know about it.
1: Wow. They, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We never did anything
2: <laughs> like that, you know, growing up in Canada. It was, it was you know, <laughs> you it's very
1: strange. Go around with a t-shirt saying, ask me about the Pledge of Allegiance and then leave a trail of horrified people in your wake. This is something that like, especially now that I have a kid is like, I am hoping to find a school that doesn't do that shit. Right. To send them to,
0: I was just a real blo- late bloomer on that one, and I was still, you know, pledging like a few years ago. And then it's just that vertigo shot of your face when you're like, "Oh, it's a cult." <laughs> also, I don't
2: know
1: what any of these words mean.
2: Yeah, it's a little horrifying just to to think that you know that's still going on today. It just seems like it seems like it's so outdated, but it's
1: you know very current. Yeah,
0: I'm all good with it going away, but I I would like to have one exception on the denationalization of america we gotta keep that star-spangled banner man because that fucking track is banging let's be honest <laughs> like regardless of all the horrible context behind it the actual piece of music itself is fu- it's the best one. one oh canada come come on
1: no i i agree with you what about the rush performance of oh canada
0: I'm not sure that would help. I haven't
1: seen it. (laughs) Okay. All right. uh, We can definitely keep the national anthem. Every country has a national anthem. We don't need to feel bad about that. Like every country has at least that much uh, nationalism.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. My mind is at ease.
1: Yeah. You were talking about like the the civic duty to vote. I feel like we're getting more and more civic duties piled on every day right now because – we also have, like, the civic duty to write to your senator about every little thing and the, the civic duty to, to participate in protests, which I have done none of because I have a two-year-old. Like, wh- when the kid's old enough, like, in a couple of years, I could uh, take him on the protest with me.
0: As long as you don't get tear gassed.
1: Yeah, okay. No, I'm not taking the kid on the protest with me. Good point.
0: They also have tear gas made out of Pedialyte. Oh,
1: all right. <laughs> it's nutritious.
0: Yeah, it's got calcium. No, I'm with you. I got, I have uh, physical issues that limit my mobility uh, and I'm in the same boat where I just can't and I get to sit back here and be like, yeah, I totally would and just completely not have to face that moral quandary of whether I would or not. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's nice. I should crank out some kids and have a twofer. You could write the music to be the soundtrack to the protest and have people uh, bring it with boom boxes.
0: The gears are turning. I got this.
1: All right. All right. So, um we're out of our core itinerary here. Do we want to pick something from the extended bucket here? Uh yeah, any of these topics uh sound interesting to me. Danny, anything you especially want to, t- to touch on? Probably games you want to like but don't.
2: Yeah, we all have we all have things that fall in that category.
1: <laughs> uh Danny, your topic is games you want to like but don't. Dark Souls for definite one. I yeah. bought
0: Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, Bloodborne, and Sekiro. I can't get more than about 90 oh, minutes shit. in. I I fucking desperately want to get it, but it's just so frustrating. And like
1: you're like 300 bucks deep into this.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like if I'm more financially invested, I'll be more Yeah, I hear you. Emotionally invested, yeah. I just I play everything, man. I try to play. I play a lot of games. And I try to play everything. And One, I mean, one example of a game I love and I have played a lot, but don't play as much as I feel like I want to is XCOM, like XCOM 2, uh, where it's like on paper, like it's the fucking one of my best favorite games of all time. But it's like every time I'm like, oh yeah, I want to play something. I see XCOM 2. I'm like, some other time. I'm just like never in the (laughs) mood, even though like when I play it, you know, the same thing like, you probably have games like this. like when I play it, it's like, holy shit, this is great. I should play this all the time but there's that hump there for me for some reason i don't really understand vr even has that for me too like there's more of a barrier to entry because you got to get the thing on you got to do all the things but like every time i'm in vr i'm like why am i not just here all the time like i i love vr I, i love it but it's just and i think it's a similar situation with a lot of games where it's just like i love this game but why what what doesn't get me into it
1: yeah, this might be this might be an ADHD thing because it's a similar thing with like a lot of my daily tasks are like this, where like I will just kind of be putting it off and putting it off and putting it off, and as soon as I actually start on it, it's just done easily. Uh, and that, that that's a classic um, ADHD symptom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But as for like not like I feel like right now. I, I feel like I've played like two new games this year because I, it's just been such a stressful year. Like trying to, I was, I was just, I was shipping a game and raising a child and dealing with COVID. And even though there's nothing to deal with, it's just like the the stress of COVID existing. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've just been replaying games that I already like. It's pretty much been what I've been doing. I have replayed the entire Tony Hawk series. And I replayed the entire 3D Mario series, and that was like three months. <laughs> so that's like comfort food. It it is very much like that.
0: I I have trouble doing that. I always want to play something new. Like I hear you. It's the same thing. But like playing older games, I just have this is this is not just with games, but with like movies. TV, news. That's why Twitter is especially dangerous for me because it's so fresh and new all the time. I mean, fresh is probably a more positive word that I want to use for Twitter. But like,
1: <laughs> Oh, fresh hell is what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's like, no, I mean, I'm looking at my Steam list right now and just like I played 20 different games in August, 15 in July, 20 this month, not to mention what's on the Blizzard launch or everything. Like I play fucking everything because I can't get enough of it. And even if I only play a game... For 15, 20 minutes and just get like skin deep and see what the mechanics are and then move yeah. on, never played again. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And some of them I get really deep in. Like I'm getting back into World of Warcraft for the expansion, because I usually play every expansion for like a month or two and then see you in a couple years when there's new stuff, right? And like mm-hmm. I always think I'm the most depressed when I don't have the urge to play games. Honestly, like the more I'm into video games, the happier person I am. It's a direct correlation.
1: That's interesting. And you can't get that rush from an old game that you've already played before.
0: Uh, So Warcraft, I can, um, there's exceptions generally. No, but there are exceptions. They're usually like MMOs online things. I mean, we've played overwatch on and off for years and Kim plays that with me though. So that's a different thing. That's like me and Kim doing something together. And yeah, so it just depends, but it's just like, It's When I hear someone say that, like, oh, I haven't had time to play games, the first thing I think is just like, I'm so sorry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, for me with older games, it's like, I I, I remember them so fondly and I think, oh, I should go replay that. But every time I try and do that, I kind of get bored pretty quickly because it's like, oh, well, I've done this already.
0: Are you the same way with like movies and TV shows?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a very similar thing.
0: The amount of movies I've seen more than once is half a dozen, maybe. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Can you name them?
0: Uh, Fight Club. Uh, (laughs) uh, I can tell you what TV shows I've watched twice. Black Sails. Uh Battlestar Galactica. Star Trek The Next Generation. Deep Space Nine. Uh, I don't think I saw Voyager twice. Um, I'll definitely watch Dark again. But I think that's it.
1: And are these all things, are are they especially rewatchable? Like they reward repeat viewings?
0: I mean, Next Generation doesn't. That's super episodic. I think Battlestar Galactica does. I think Dark definitely does because it's very mind-bendy. Black Sails? Mm -hmm. No. Black Sails, I I think there's, to me, a lot of it's just about the, uh, when things are extremely well-crafted. Breaking Bad, too. Uh, Oh, yeah. And, like, for me, it's like, I'm firmly of that mindset where it's like, I don't really give a shit what your show's about if it's really good. Like, I'll gravitate to certain things, sci-fi and post lock apocalypse that kind of thing Mm -hmm. but like breaking bad on paper sounds stupid uh (laughs) chemistry teacher makes meth hijinks right but it's just like so well done it could be bad anything it's like black sales for me is the same way where it's just the character development and that and everything and i already like pirates you know it's just so yeah it has to it has to be past a certain threshold for me to have like meaning uh and it doesn't have to do with the subject matter you know i I enjoyed Voyager watching through it, even though it was super bad, <laughs> but like, just cause it was Star Trek didn't make me want to watch it again.
1: Yeah. I feel like a lot of what any media can do is just put you in a place or in mm-hmm. a mood. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of the time when, when I'm rewatching something, it's not to see the story again, it's just to see the mood again.
2: There are certain games like that too, for sure. I think Journey comes to mind. It's like definitely got a certain feel to it. Yeah. For me, the games that I, I wanted to like, but didn't always had to do with kind of the pacing. I really wanted to like Night in the Woods. I really wanted to like um, Kentucky Route Zero, but I just
1: had a hard time kind of sticking with them. Were they were they too slow? Was it the dream sequences and Night in the Woods that did it?
2: I don't know. I just kind of played each of them for maybe, you know, an hour or two and, and just nothing happened that really kind of sucked me into them and I kind of lost interest.
1: Yeah.
0: Why is it that you want to like them? Do you know why?
2: I mean, there are things about them that I like. They're liked by people whose opinions I respect. And, you know, I appreciate good writing. Both of those games have.
1: I feel like it's always the aesthetic that pulls you into a game. Like before you start playing it, like you look at a game and say, like, I want to play a game that looks or feels like that. And then reality hits when you find out what you're actually doing moment to moment in the game and and find out if you actually want to do that with your life. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Animal Crossing is a great example of that for me, where like I love I love the aesthetic of Animal Crossing, but like I even played it for like a month this year because everybody was, and, but it just so much of that is just busy work, and like I like I feel like if I were more into the crafting aspect, like 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 a decorating a town aspect of it, I would be I would have uh, stuck with it longer, but if you're not into that, it's just busy work.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great example. That's definitely one for me, too, that, you know, I I played, I never really did the Animal Crossing thing, and then I got this new one and played it for a good, like, I got like three or four days in before I had to stop. But conceptually, yeah, especially because this was when nobody knew what COVID was and everything was especially terrifying, like perfectly timed game, probably saved the human species. But (laughs) uh, for me, it goes beyond that a little bit where it's, and this is, I think, a good point because... There are many different reasons why this phenomenon could occur. For me, it was accessibility. I don't know if you know, but I have some chronic pain issues, particularly with my joints. Mm-hmm. And so when games have mechanics like that, where you have to like, okay, go to the thing, wait for a thing, press A, you can't just mash A, you have to wait for the next one, press A, wait for, press A, okay, then you have to move here and you can only do one at a time, that kind of stuff it causes me great anxiety because I only have so many button presses before my joints start to hurt. Yeah. And that's one of the, you know, one of the elements of like accessibility that's really important. So like there are a lot of games that are like that started playing no man's sky again with some friends and that's its own thing because of how far it's coming. It's I am enjoying it, but there are interface and design things in there that cause that anxiety because it's just like, why don't you just let me move this thing here to here? Cause I know it's what I want to do. When I talk to anybody, I don't need the animation of the text box to come up. And then for the input to not be recognized until this moment. And then when you do that, if you tap it, it only goes forward a little bit, but if you hold it, it goes a while way through. And then, but if you hold it, then the next line of text that comes up doesn't speed through. So you have to let off the button again, press it. It's just like, I just want to fucking click through the text. You know, mm-hmm. and that for yeah. me, there, there's there's a lot of examples of games where it's just like, I want what you're selling, but physically I can't keep up with this. And it's, I think a lot of people don't want to admit that. I think I'm in a position where I don't really have any shame about it. And so, yeah. it grinds the gears.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I'm in a similar situation, except instead of joint pain, it's just being annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What got me with Animal Crossing was every single time you enter a shop or leave a shop, the shopkeeper has a paragraph of text to say, and you have to thumb through it. Mm -hmm. And none of it, like none of it matters. And I wonder like, is this just what being in Japan is like (laughs) where every time you enter or leave a room, you have to politely listen to somebody welcome you or, or escort you out. (laughs) Uh, And with that, that's all the time we have for topic lures this week. Alex, If this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Uh, I'm on Twitter, but my
0: handle is a little annoying. We can put it in the show notes, maybe?
1: Sounds good. Danny, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, I'm Danny B-style on Twitter, but I avoid that shit and probably won't respond because I don't go there. So, uh, video games, eventually, you can hear me, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got some video games out there where they can already hear you.
0: Yeah, go to my Spotify, I guess, because that makes me money.
1: Yeah, there you go. All right. Thanks so much for being on Topic Lords. You're welcome. Sure. Hi, this is Jim. This is the audio I append to every episode of Topic Lords. Congratulations to our newly anointed Lords. If you'd like more people to hear the show, you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use. You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com. You can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode.